Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Of course, I'm joined by Tom Doran. Tom, Captain. Cap- Captain. Captain. Oh, my Captain. Oh, how are you? Good to see you. You got your <laughs> donut ready. You got your coffee ready. That's got your right. Smile. And we have our we have our topic. We do. We're going to talk about Our Lady, and I love talking about the Blessed Mother. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk more specifically about the Blessed Mother under her title of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I can't wait. Uh, and so it should be an interesting show, and we're going to find out more about that. And we brought a great guy along. Uh, in fact, we have we're in like sort of a special moment here, a moment of greatness. I know we are. That's right, because we have Father Bruce Neely, who's a he's a Paulist priest here in uh, the diocese of Memphis, and right. uh, uh, Father Bruce, I think you know you were on our very first show, right, Deacon Jeff? Very first. You were like the, you were like the the start of something great. <laughs> It was a food topic like a too. Yeah, Remember it was. That? Well, I will. T- I'll say this. Uh, you know that that very that very first show we did. Well, it seemed like about a hundred years ago, and you have not aged a day. You do not look a hundred years older. Uh, can we have confession over the uh, radio? I don't know. Yes, That's we topic. can. <laughs> That's another topic. But today we're going to talk about Our Lady, uh, and, we, and we want to talk about uh, Our Lady Guadalupe. Uh, and I know that. Um, in a lot of places where there might be a large influx of Hispanics in your area, I know in the Diocese of Memphis we have a lot of Hispanics here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I will uh, drive down the street and I'll see uh, this image of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the back of pickup trucks. Um, and so Our Lady is, is obviously very important to the Hispanics, but I think to all of us here in North America. Well, let's talk a little bit about who Our Lady of Guadalupe is. Sure. And I would also extend uh, America, the whole continent of right. America. Uh, the Americas, you're the right. The Americas, exactly. Uh, she is, uh, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, right. uh, Mary of Nazareth, uh, a Jewish mother. Uh, that was how she began. Uh, but uh, according to Catholic belief, uh, Our Lady, who was, as we believe, assumed into heaven there at the right side of her son Jesus, continues to offer hope to those of us here on earth struggling to kind of keep on keeping on. Because she shows us uh, what uh, St. Paul says, uh, that our corruptible bodies will be clothed with incorruptibility. So every now and then in history, she comes to show us here on earth how beautiful we will be in heaven. That's and, and and that's wonderful. And you know, every now and then, you know, we we've we've seen throughout the history of the church, mm-hmm. especially in in more recent times, uh, Our Lady has appeared in several different places, like Fatima and Lourdes, and exactly. we've and we've had several opportunities. And then we have this uh, situation in uh, what's now going to be known as Guadalupe. Right? Uh, is that Tepeyac? Is that Tepeyac? In? Tepeyac yeah. was the actual hill. Where Juan Diego, right, uh, who was an indigenous um, a man, uh, a, a Mexica, uh, commonly called Aztec, uh, Chichimeca, uh, would right. be the official uh, tribe that he was a, a member of, uh, where he had this private revelation, and that's important to keep in mind, private revelation, as opposed to the public revelation of the Bible, the magisterium of the church, which we are all obligated to believe as Catholic Christians. Private revelations come every now and then to give us hope. And um, while not on the same level as the Bible, 
uh, public revelation. Still and all, they are part of our tradition, a part of our mystical theology, giving right. us. A, a, and in this particular case, um, the apparitions of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Tepeyac to an indigenous man, Juan Diego were offered to give hope to the indigenous people of the whole continent, of all the Americas, that this Jesus Christ, who was now being proclaimed by the Christian friars and evangelists uh, who had been brought over by the conquistadores, that this Jesus Christ could be their Messiah also. Our God will be your God too. As the mother of this Jesus Christ, this Messiah, looks just like an indigenous person, like right. an Azteca, like a Mexica. So the image that appeared on his tilma is, is I mean, it's an image of her. Exactly. Right? And how, how she appeared to him at that time. And there are, there are many aspects of that image that look like an indigenous woman would look like exactly. at that time. And not only uh, an indigenous woman, Deacon Jeff, but a pregnant indigenous woman. Ah, yes. She's obviously dressed in Aztec maternity garb. Which uh, to the uh, Aztec people, to the uh, Mexica people, the indigenous people, this was very powerful uh, because the uh, the mother goddess Tonatzin uh, had a, a had had a temple over that very spot previously. Well, here is the new uh, Tonatzin. This is the mother of God huh, that we could all believe in, coming to give hope as she would say to Juan Diego, to all of the inhabitants of these lands. So aside from the fact that, she, that, that we know who Mary is, and, and for that reason uh, alone would be enough to, to, to follow her to her son, right. right? but her appearance is one of the reasons why perhaps uh, there was an explosion of evangelization in, in that area uh, uh, by all those indigenous peoples. The largest mass conversion of any religion in the history of the world. And that's something a lot of people don't realize yeah. when they see that little image of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the back of a pickup truck. Oh, yeah. Right, that that is representative of a, of a huge influx of people. Eight million in seven years. Yeah, it's between, amazing. Between, wow. 15, mm -hmm, between 1532 and 1539, eight million. Wow. And I believe it's, it's, it's yeah. obviously it's not done yet, obviously, no. because it's, it's one of the most visited pilgrimage mm -hmm. sites um, uh, in the world. And uh, I have to say very personally, uh, she brought my mother into the Catholic Church. Oh, beautiful. My mother had been raised uh, evangelical Christian uh, in New York, hmm. uh, being brought up to believe that all religions are good. Even many of her friends were Jewish, except one religion was kind of a cult. Mm -hmm. Guess which one that was? Be <laughs> the Catholic religion. And my mom <laughs> grew up with this kind of prejudice uh, against the church, largely because of our Marian devotion. She thought the Second Vatican Council would diminish that mm -hmm. uh, aspect of but she married my dad. She fell in love. Uh, the priest who married them was very, very open. Vivian, my mom, Viv, don't worry. Heaven is for the Protestants every bit as much as it is for the Catholics. <laughs> so she warmed up a little yeah. bit, but never until I kind of brought her, uh, bought her an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Isn't that beautiful? And she can't refuse a gift from her son. And I received her into the Catholic Church. The, rest, the, the rest is history. Sixty-four. That's beautiful. Wow. That's beautiful. One, one of the things I love about our, our teaching of our church about Our Lady is, uh, I, I just love the Magnificat. I love, you know, my soul magnifies the yeah. Lord, and I love this image of Our Lady as a magnifying glass. That that our mm. uh, that our <clears throat> our praise is not directed at Mary, but through Mary to her Son Jesus. She leads us. She yeah. magnifies mm. the Lord for us. She brings us closer to Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful teaching. And especially, I'm with you. Amen. 
especially Deacon Jeff, uh, with regard to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Right. Of all the Marian apparitions, I would say Our Lady of Guadalupe embodies the Magnificat more than uh, more than the rest. Really? Preci- yes, precisely mm. because of that reason. First of all, she not only points to Jesus, she has Jesus. Right. That's, she's pregnant w- with Jesus. And I think, bec- and also her message is so very gentle, you know, uh, am I not here? I am in your, I who am your mother. Remember Juan Diego was very right. concerned about his dying uncle. Uh, uh, I've come to show my, my love, my defense, my compassion, uh, my affection for all of you. These are words of, of, of uh, serenity. Even her image is so serene, very gentle, as opposed to the warlike history of not only the indigenous tribes, but also the, the cruelty of the conquistadores. Here is God coming with gentleness and compassion. But, and here's where the Magnifa comes in, also justice and peace. Uh, she has come for todos los moradores, all of the inhabitants of these lands, which was why she's been a hope to immigrants, why her banner was carried by Padre Hidalgo, the uh, George Washington of Mexican independence, the father of the uh, of the country, uh, Emiliano Zapata, Cesar Chavez in our own country, and in my case also uh, before abortion clinics. Right. Yeah. She's the mother of the unborn. Uh, so. She has everything. I wish she would run for president of the United States. I'd, I'd, elect her, I'd vote for her immediately. Well, you know, and, and, and I think that also that plays perfectly into, you know, Jesus always had a preferential place for the poor. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, blessed are the, the poor in spirit. I mean, obviously, uh, God comes to those who have emptied themselves, maybe those who are in yeah. the greatest struggle. And, and obviously, here's Our Lady mm-hmm. presenting herself as a, a message of hope for those who are in the worst of conditions. That's right. And I think that's why she's been so popular. In fact, Deacon Jeff, I was at a, a, a priest retreat in Rome. We had 5,000 priests from all over the world. And the greatest applause came from a reenactment of the apparitions of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. She got... Even more applause than Mother Teresa and oh, wow. Pope John Paul II. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So the message for every, even in Rome, yeah. even in Rome, and I guess that's a good point. Uh, do we do we look at Our Lady of Guadalupe only in the context of the Americas, or do we see this as a universal gift? Universal gift. Go to St. Peter's. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, uh, sanctuary of Our Lady of Guadalupe in St. Peter's Basilica. And, of course, Pope John Paul II loved Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's why he, he went to Mexico uh, so often. Pope Benedict, of course, um, uh, this uh, 2012 is making a visit uh, to Mexico again. Right. And largely because uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe is not just for the Mexican people, uh, but uh, for all of not only the Americas, but as you say, really for all of us all right. over the She's world. She's given a feast day in our yeah. church, December 12th, yep. uh, that we celebrate uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a beautiful thing. So it's a gift to the church. It really is. A gift of hope mm-hmm. uh, and, and points us to, to, uh, to, to Jesus. Jesus Christ and, and, and to the Jesus who is the good shepherd, the Jesus who says, come to me, all of you who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. That Jesus that has brought so many people uh, not only into the Catholic Church, but into the church. The church is. <laughs> Wonderful. We have more to talk about uh, with Father Bruce Neely here uh, about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone uh, at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, send me an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we will be right back. I'm Bester Zemsky. And this is another great moment in church history. 
at dawn on December 9, 1531, on Tepeyac Hill near Mexico City, a poor Aztec Indian named Juan Diego was on his way to attend Mass. As he was walking, he heard a voice calling him. When he looked up, he saw a beautiful woman surrounded by a light as bright as the sun. The woman revealed herself to Juan as the ever-virgin mother of the true God. She then told Juan that she wanted a church to be built upon the very spot where they stood, where the people could experience her compassion and intercession. She instructed Juan to take her request directly to the Bishop of Mexico City. Unfortunately, the bishop was not very enthusiastic. He dismissed the humble Juan, paying little attention to him. Juan returned to Mary and reported the bishop's lack of interest. But, not to be dissuaded, Mary sent Juan back to the bishop the next day. Again, he was dismissed. And again, Mary sent Juan back, asking for a third time the same favor. Finally, perhaps in an effort to rid himself of the constant pestering of Juan, the bishop asked for a sign to prove that it was truly the Mother of God appearing to him. Mary graciously complied. On the morning of December 12th, Juan Diego passed by Tepeyac Hill once again, as he was in need of a priest for his dying uncle. Mary appeared to him and told him not to worry. His uncle was now miraculously healed and fully recovered. Instead, she told Juan to go to the top of the frost-covered barren hill, and there he would find some beautiful, fresh pink roses. In disbelief, after all it was December, he climbed the hill. To his amazement, as promised, there were the roses. Mary then arranged the roses in his tilma or cloak and sent him off to see the bishop once more. When Juan Diego arrived, he told the bishop about the roses. He opened his tilma and the roses spilled out onto the floor. The bishop was truly amazed, not at the roses, but at Juan's tilma. For on this garment was the miraculous image of Our Lady, just as she had appeared to Juan. The bishop fell to his knees in veneration and prayer. The shrine to our Blessed Mother of Mount Tepeyac was begun soon after. Juan Diego's tilma, still perfectly preserved, can be seen behind the main altar in the new basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe. St. Juan Diego was canonized by John Paul II on July 31, 2002. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and we're sitting here still talking to Father Bruce Neely about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, and Father Bruce, we were just talking about, before our break, uh, this idea that, that, that Our Lady of Guadalupe is a gift to the entire church, not mm-hmm. just the peoples of Mexico. Right. And, and there was a profound uh, effect on those peoples, but... Let's look more. What are we to all gain from from uh, not only the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, but the but the, the the revelation of of Jesus Christ of God to us in our lives through uh, her uh, apparition, Our, our Lady's uh, visit to us. Well, how do as a, as an entire church, what are we to gain from this? Well, uh, first uh, of all. As Pope John Paul II said in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, she is the very model of enculturation. Now, that's a a kind of a highfalutin word, which basically means penetrating cultures with the message of the gospel. Uh, 
Now, why is that uh, important for us today? Well, because we could become very discouraged looking at the the culture that surrounds us. Uh, we could become hopeful but also a bit discouraged. We live in some troubled times. We're in troubled times, you know, growing, uh, as Pope Benedict the Sixteenth says, growing secularization mm-hmm. of culture, the loss of the sense of the transcendent, uh, of the of the of the mystical of the truly spiritual uh and uh you know how does uh our everyday lives uh connect with our catholic faith our political life our movie life our family life our music life so if she is the model of enculturation that means that the gospel of jesus christ can permeate everything in our culture. Right. It's not just meant yeah. for a certain yeah. class of people, a certain no. group of people, a certain people that speak a language. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to know Latin. No. Right? To, to, to love God. Exactly. So, for example, in terms of this one uh, issue of culture, the uh, model of enculturation, Juan Diego first hears beautiful music. Then he looks up and sees these celestial birds flying. But that was the attraction to Our Lady of Guadalupe. The miracle of the roses, the right. roses de Castilla, that are growing in winter, you know, or in December, that uh, he brings to Bishop Juan Zumarraga uh, in his tilma, in his cloak, and then reveals not only the roses that aren't supposed to grow at that time of right. year, but the beautiful image of the Mother of God, uh, the uh, flowers, the beauty of creation. Now, there are two cultural images right there, music. And uh, flowers and roses. Right. Uh, now, who here isn't influenced by music? Uh, who here isn't influenced by the beautiful images of creation, whether it's the uh, the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or the Mississippi River? And it also speaks yeah. to the fact that, that this gift of salvation uh, speaks to us not only mm-hmm. intellectually, right? Not right. only about, like, just is this true, is this true, is this true, mm-hmm. but really on a very uh, um, emotional level in, in our senses. And that's the heart. Deacon Jeff, you got it. Bullseye. That's the heart of the Guadalupe apparition. God touches our senses. He touches us emotionally. He touches us um, in, uh, rhetorically. He, he touches us poetically. Uh, not only intellectually, and the message of Guadalupe is theological, but the message of Guadalupe also touches not only the mind but the heart. Well, and that would be the truth at that point. That's how you, you experience the truth. So yes. often when we hear the word truth, we think of that word sort of as a scientific word, mm-hmm. something that can be proven, uh, that you'll use data to, to, to figure out whether this yeah. is true or that is a true. A head trip, a kind, of a, you know, right. a, a kind of a cranial kind of thing. But we all know that, there, that there's that essence of truth uh, that when you, you just know something is true, right? Mm-hmm. You feel it, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You, the, the love you would have for your mother. That's it. Right? You would you feel that love for your biological mother, right? Or, or, or some special person in your life. You feel that you know it's true, but you couldn't define it. You couldn't no. write down on a piece of paper, you know, the 67 proofs why my mother loves me. That's why St. Paul, genius that he is, it says in Ephesians, doing the truth in love. That really, when we think of truth, we think of faithfulness, we think of loyalty, we think of a love that is eternal. <laughs> eternal. One of the great songs in Spanish, Amor Eterno, eternal love. And that comes across in Guadalupe. That's why emotionally the indigenous people were so overwhelmed. Yeah. By the message and the image that eight million of them right place, the right time, also for them, just fantastic. Because they were worried, you know, this would right. be their equivalent of a holocaust. You know, yeah. they were they were really worried about would we be terminated, not only by the cruelty of the conquistadores, but the diseases that were brought over. Uh, they were really worried. It was really remarkable 
that Juan Diego and his wife Maria Lucia had the foresight and the courage to actually become baptized while all this was going on. And obviously, when Our Lady came showing them that, no, I am the mother of a new people, the Mestizo people, the mixed blood, that would be hope. And, of course, in our world right now, today, we can all look and say, well, I think we're all a little worried, too. Mm-hmm. I think this we some of us can can look at this as a there's a there's a Holocaust going on. You right. know, uh, there's a Holocaust against people, um, you know, of, of various uh, cultures that are that are downtrodden. There, mm-hmm. there are people that are on that live on the outskirts of, of our society, uh, the people, the uh, uh, the people, the unwashed, mm-hmm. you know, masses that uh, certain people are, are, are downtrodden. I mean, and, of course, there's also uh, the, the unborn, right? And you so we're it. worried about all these things. And yes. so Our Lady gives us hope. Exactly. And uh, this, of course, will be brought in uh, in a subsequent program on the new evangelization. Hopefully we'll get to that. This is a Pope Benedict's uh, a main focus, you know. How do we present this message of hope with new data that has come to us, new sectors, new aspects of life, like the social networks, uh, like the growing secularization of Europe. Uh, Well, that's good. Again, and we'll talk about the new evangelization. I think that would be a a great program. In fact, I think maybe you ought to come back next week and we'll do a program on that. But but in terms of, of... you could say new evangelization. Really, that's not saying that we're saying something new. No, it's maybe we're presenting things in a, in a new way. And and this thing that we're presenting right now, what we're talking about now, and Our Lady of Guadalupe is it's not a it's not a a, a new message, but it's an old message for a, for a new time. Exactly, and reminding us that in fact so much of culture has already been permeated by the gospel. Some right. of you. Uh, in in uh, in my vintage, might remember uh, the movies of the '40s, you know, like Going My Way, or The Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, even later on, uh, The Sound of Music, uh, On the Waterfront, uh, Ben Hur, The Ten right. Commandments. Remember those days? Oh yeah. Even Hollywood was impacted uh, by uh, the good news. Uh, well. We don't have to let that be a thing of the past. And, you know, in recent times we had The Passion of the Christ, which was a very impactful mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. but it was actually had to take place outside of Hollywood, right? That, yeah. So that Hollywood has definitely changed in terms of and, – and really that's reflective of our entire world. Yes, yes. Our world has sort of maybe pushed certain things um, On aside, yes. right? But then we have Our Lady Guadalupe, which, again, uh, permeates – through all cultures, through all times, right. to everyone in right. every place. Showing that, yes, as a matter of fact, we can bring the good news into movies, into music. Remember the days when we had melodies that we could pass on to our grandchildren? Right. <laughs> doesn't have to be a thing of the past. Exactly. Beautiful. Now, um, have there been... Um uh, have there been like miracles and things like that associated with Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe? I mean, uh, is it is it more than just uh, again an image that you see a, a painting? But but there are there are aspects of that that where we see we can experience the truth. Like right now for us, we talked about the senses, mm-hmm. right? That that when we see Our Lady of Guadalupe, all of our senses are engaged, and that's what yes. specifically happened to Juan Diego. But like today, maybe I don't smell roses necessarily, or maybe right. I don't experience that. But but in a sensory level, do we experience Our Lady of Guadalupe if we aren't in Mexico uh, as the downtrodden people were? Well, I'll have to give, again, personal examples, if you don't mind. I have in my wallet a beautiful uh, 
young girl who uh, have her graduation picture, uh, who I, through the intercession of Our Lady Guadalupe, uh, uh, persuaded her mom not to abort. Beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, 18, 19 years ago. Um, uh, yes, I've, I've seen I've seen children who wouldn't have been around had it not been for Our Lady Guadalupe uh, there before abortion uh, clinics. Um, uh, immigrant people uh, who I've been able to work with, um, people who are fighting for their proper documentation, have, in fact, become legalized through Our Lady of Guadalupe. These are people I know um, here in Memphis. So... Um, and I have to say, my mother's own uh, conversion yeah, to Catholicism. What, what else can I say? <laughs> Beautiful. Well, let's leave it in the hands of Our Lady. Yes. Uh, so many things today we try to do on our own. Uh, but it's so great to know, especially in our Catholic faith, that we have people who are on our side, as it were. Yes. Right? And, and, and Going to bat for us. Well, absolutely. And, and who's going to better speak for us than the, the, the mother of our Savior? Mm-hmm. I mean, who can deny uh, the words of, of their own mother, mm-hmm. right? So exactly. Jesus is not going to deny that which Our Lady speaks on our behalf uh, when she's speaking for and us. And one interesting little fact, uh, another little miracle. Uh, within a year after the apparitions, remember the, the fifth apparition was to Juan Bernardino, the right. dying uncle of uh, Juan Diego. Juan Diego was worried, more worried about getting the priest for reconciliation and holy oils. Uh, he almost missed an appointment with Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, she interceded, and uh, Juan Bernardino, his only existing relative, was healed. Within a year, the very first hospital was set up on the continent, there in the outskirts of Mexico City, by a friend of Bishop Juan Zumarraga who was the uh, bishop who received right. Juan Diego, a, a great knight of Malta named uh, Vasco, Don Vasco de Quiroga, uh, right there. And I'm sure it was because of the uh, intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe. The first hospitals, uh, he's called the father of social security, Seguro Social. But all of that came about uh, health care because of the mother who said, am I not here, I who am your mother. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Bruce Neely, for sharing with us uh, uh, your love and devotion of Our Lady of Guadalupe, but also uh, the Church's teaching on this, and, and hopefully that will help us all uh, bring this in, uh, more into perspective and, and understand that Our Lady of Guadalupe is here for all of us, to give us all hope. Thank you, Deacon Jeff. Would you uh, lead us in a prayer as we close? Sure. Blessed Lady of Guadalupe, Blessed Lady of Tepeyac, Madre de Dios, Mother of God, Mother of America, Intercede with your beloved Son, Jesus, that he may again breathe into us the Holy Spirit of hope, that we may, as St. Paul says, raise our eyes to heaven, where we see you come down to earth in your heavenly magnificence and beauty. Help us to realize that with all of our troubles, with all of our pains, with all of our doubts, with our sicknesses, in spirit, mind, and body. That will all be healed because our corruptibility will be clothed with incorruptibility. Thank you for reminding us of that, O beautiful Virgin of Guadalupe. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>